You know who this is? You know who this is? Thinking about ways to flip your thinking on the head and create an asset as opposed to just deploying your cash is hard. It's not easy. The easy thing is to go down there and say, I got cash, I want to buy this. The hard thing is to create an asset. And that's why the wealthy people are the wealthy people. They're willing to do the hard stuff. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Tweet Talk episode 51. It's lit. I don't know anybody number 51, though. I'm back. back. Woo, it's hot. Hot, hot. hot. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the air, Tweet sugar? Dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. I love how, how uh, Don of the Voice mixes that, and then he goes into the ad. That's so dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does some dope mixes. That's right. The boys. That's right. That's right. Episode Dick Buckets. That's kind ah, of okay. important. It's episode 51. We've been at this for a little over a year now. Wow. It's crazy. That's crazy. How time flies. I mean, this is yep. 51 plus uh, we, I did the, um, the bonus, the banker bonus episode. So that's pretty much 52. I think we missed like one, maybe two weeks in a year. So we've been bank- we've been pretty consistent. Yeah, pretty consistent. Pretty much every week we've been giving it to the people. Pretty much every week we've been giving it to the people. You got people answering the DMs on Twitter and um, IG. Yep, same girl does them both. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I got you. Well, people trying to reach Charles in the DMs is might not be the fastest thing, but I mean, I guess there's not much better way. Is there a better way, Charles? Is there a better way to reach you? you can book a consult. Book a consult. If you were asking me a consulting question, just book a 15-minute consult. I feel like people are kind of trying to get free consultation. They'll say, what should I do in this instance? What should I do here? That's a consult. I don't got time to consult you for free. I feel like that's the issue. It's not the DM. It's the level of involvement required in the DM. So yeah. anybody can slide in the DMs. You're getting bumped out by the next person up. Yeah, that's a problem. You got hundreds of people DMing you every day. But um, those of you in the lodge who've never, who may never have listened to the show, we usually discuss tweets and I expand on them every week. You can catch us on most platforms, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that. So, Charlie, you going to kick it off with this tweet. You said, get money. That's the best solution. <laughs> um, so there was a fabulous Nigeria Kiss beat or beat or uh, battle. So I was listening to a few fabulous songs, and I think he made that comment. He was like, I told him get money. That's the best solution. And it is the best solution because – I have acquired a, a, a decent amount of wealth in the moment. Um, I'm trying to continue to scale that and invest it and whatnot so I could be permanently rich, not just rich for the moment like NBA players. And so I've realized at work, even though I haven't quit, I don't take a lot of shit anymore. 
And because I don't take a lot of shit, my work experience has improved. Um, people don't talk to me how they want to talk to me. People don't, like, I don't have to work with certain people anymore. Like, I used to have to do work with this one attorney, and it just wasn't a fun experience. And I let them know I didn't want to work with that dude. And so guess what? I don't work with them anymore. And so now my work experience is more pleasant. Um, there's a lady who I work with, and I felt like maybe she was a little bit racist. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really phase me knowing that I can either work here and not work here, and the bill's still going to get paid. I'm still not going to lose anything that I'm taking care of because I've created a source of income that more than provides for my, than my working income. So I would just say the best solution is getting money, not getting her to be nice to me, not getting her to like me, not protesting, not begging, not asking. That's never been my, my solution. I know when I was um, when I was in high school, there were some kids who didn't like me. And a lot of times people don't like me because I'm just different. I'm not like the average dude. And my mom, she didn't like that. And so she like met up with their, their parents. And she was like, yeah, I, see, I feel like you guys are having some issues with my son and blah, blah, blah. And so like things changed for a moment and then they went back to normal. And I realized like, I don't want somebody to be forced to like me. Mm. And so that's the reason why I kind of moved the way I move. Like you can like me, you can not like me. I've read against people who don't like me across the board at all times. But what I've realized is when when things play out, they all come back and they see what I was doing because I move different because I want different things. I don't move different because I want to just be different. I move different because I want to live well. I want to live at a certain level. I want to have an office that overlooks the city. I want to have a child that goes to private school. I want to drive a Bentley. I want to live in a house that overlooks the beach. And the average person ain't doing that. The average person is just getting what they can get so they're just doing what they're doing. And so me, the person who's reading books and listening to podcasts and make sure I can go to college, make sure I can go to grad school, make sure that I dress well, speak well, present myself well, make sure that I can interact and engage in certain environments, I'm going to get looked at crazy by the person who's just like, they should accept us as is. They should just treat us right. Even though we don't got like, I'm not leaving it up to chance. And so I've realized that being great, period, either you're going to get the rewards of greatness or you're going to either you're going to get the rewards of greatness and they're going to respect you or you're going to get the rewards. I realized that being great, period. I don't know what just happened. So I don't know. We just lost that. But my point is that either you're going to get the rewards of greatness or spinning out on the live. Yeah. Um, So basically what I'm saying is that the solution is get money. Yep. Because like you said, racism doesn't hurt as much when you have money. Uh-oh. It doesn't hurt. It Did doesn't hurt. Know? Like, I feel like it just doesn't hurt. Did you jump you can't on? can't really expand on that comment. But you don't let stuff phase you, man. When you, you jump know on? that you're better. Like, a lot of racism is, like, it's somebody thinking they're better than you. But when you know that you're better than them, it doesn't matter what they think about you. Somebody making a, uh, a comment about respect, respectability politics is dead. I'm not really sure. Respectability if- politics isn't dead. Respectability politics works. You can't name one instance where being respectable has not worked out. People just kind of say it because it's uncomfortable. Being respectable, it works, man. It gets you indoors you wouldn't wa- otherwise get into. It gets you respect you wouldn't other- other- otherwise get. People who engage in respectability politics don't have unpleasant altercations with police officers. Typically what happens is that somebody who is respectable who gets out of his normal realm of respectability because he just doesn't like how he's getting approached. But we can definitely touch on that here. I don't really understand why he even said anything about respectability politics because that wasn't what you were saying. Well, I think when people hear like dressing well and speaking well and living well, they think it's respectability uh, politics. Oh, okay, I just, okay. I feel like 
never like the Barack Obama doesn't get into the office if he doesn't engage respectability politics. Like that may be beyond my abilities at the moment. I just, I just feel like too many devices going on at the same time. I feel like um, it's a cop out to do what they want to do. People say it doesn't work, even though the results show that it does work. Just like people will say that we should be protesting despite showing that that doesn't work. And so this mm. is why I don't try to convince people. I only try to prove them wrong. I don't try to get people to agree with me. I get them to see what I've done despite their opinions. I literally have run against haters and opposition my entire life. I've lived a different kind of life. Um, and my son will live an even different type of life. Like he's set up. This young man is set. Like all the affiliate income I've made for the last four months has gone to him. He's sitting on like nine grand in his, in his savings account. I got another four coming in next month. So I have like 13. And I'm like, what can we buy him with this? What, what asset can we put him into? And so we're just getting started because you start to think differently when you have when, when you have that seed. So, yeah. yeah. Even to mention, I got the life insurance policy set up for him. So that's good to go. We got a half million on that, even though I need to. I think I, the only reason why I didn't bump it up to a million dollars is because I felt like that was too cliche. I felt like a, a million dollar policy was cliche. And I didn't want to set it up and then not follow through with it. I would rather have a for sure half a million then get a million dollars just so I can say, I got a million dollar policy. And then it lapses. So that's just where I am. That's cool. That's cool. That's what it's all about, making those type of decisions for your kids. Mm-hmm. What asset am I going to put in there? That's a different type of conversation than we're used to having in our community. Yep. That's the only focus, man. Making, making it so that my wife doesn't have to go to work. So making these investments, looking at a rental car, looking at a truck, looking at a, bun- a bunch of different things. Um, and the investment community makes it all possible because that's I just pull all that money into into assets. I'm just aggressively investing into assets. So hopefully I'll be able to get what I need. I'm looking at a, a, a Kia right now, 2014. That's a lot of miles on it. Like you said it's before, nice. like you said, it's a lot of variables. Like you said, racism doesn't hurt as much when you have money, which is basically what you were just talking about. Like, honestly, I feel like it's very frustrating when your source is other people and they're of a different nationality. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. And that frustration, it matters. That frustration weighs on your psyche. I was telling my wife, I was like, it's frustrating. It, it would, like having a paid off home isn't just about the money that you could have made on an investment. A lot of people are frustrated and they're stressed out on their job because they know if they lose their job, they lose their house. If they lose their house, they lose everything. The house is at the base of everything. Like if you got housing, you can start building on top of that. Like then you can start building wealth. You can't build wealth if you don't have a roof. You got to get the roof first. And after you get the roof, then you're like, okay, now let's save and invest and work towards some other stuff. And so if it's paid off, that means every single dollar that comes into your family is yours. A lot of people, they say they make a lot of money. I make $100,000 a year. Yeah. And how much is your rent? How much is your mortgage? How much is your your car expense? You literally, you don't make $100,000. It's kind of like Joe, I forgot his name, Julian Green. He always says like, what's your income? Like, what's your income? Your income is your your money after your expenses. So if you make $100,000 a year, what about after you subtract all your expenses? How much do you really make? You probably make about fifteen thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the liabilities, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. And you also said tax problems over not being able to take care of your son's problems. Yeah, I was I forgot where I was walking and I was like, man, I made a bunch of money, I'm gonna have to pay taxes. So like for the most part, I'm working these next six months just to be able to pay my taxes and still have a lot of money. I don't want to say like, okay, I made this money 
much money, I'm going to pay taxes, and now I'm not a millionaire anymore. I want to be able to be a millionaire for the next six months, hustle up another M. If I got to then pay a half million dollars in taxes, that's just where we are. But at least now I'm still over the million dollar number because that's the faith. Um, and so it kind of, it relates to this whole tax problems or money problems conversation. I'd rather have to worry about how much money I have to pay because I made a bunch of money versus where am I going to get the money to pay this? Like, I feel like that's two different conversations and I'm happy. And I think that like, this was always in me. I think my son just kind of pushed me to make it happen and manifest, but it's just the right problems. We've got to aim to have the right problems. I've also talked about just like having boss problems versus having employee problems. You're always going to have problems. The The question is, are you having the right problems? Are you dealing with baby mama problems? Are you dealing with uh, where we go on the vacation problems? Like, I feel like those are two different problems. We can't escape the problems. We can just make sure that we have the right problems. And I want to make sure that by me having the right problems, I've eliminated the wrong problems in my life. Because sometimes in avoiding problems, you're going to run into new problems. So if you don't want to have to worry about how you're going to pay for your child's education, you might have to be working when everybody else is at home. That's a problem. You might have to be working on the holiday. That's a problem. Nobody wants to do that stuff, but it helps you avoid other problems. You have to kind of like run towards the right problems to make sure that you don't have the wrong ones. Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. You said rental properties are like business on training wheels. Oh, that was interesting. And I was thinking about this today. And I was thinking about like the cash flow in business versus the cash flow in real estate is really unmatched. So let's say hypothetically speaking, I have $30,000 I need to invest. I'm like, man, I could buy a house, $30,000, buy me a house. And I'm like, that's stupid. I'm gonna give you $30,000 and I'm gonna make 800 bucks a month. That makes no sense. When I can take that same $30,000 and I could probably make $3,000 a month in business. And that's just if I cash flow it. That's not even like if I were to invest $30,000 into the brand that I'm building. If I were to invest $30,000 into the Fuse brand, I'd probably make a million dollars. I will buy way more merch because it's really not that expensive. The shipment that I got, I want to say it's like 50 of one color, 50 of another color, and it costs me like a grand. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I could invest another $5,000, get other merch, get whatever I want to get, and I'd have a whole store built out. And that store could net me another million dollars. These days, I'm looking for the next million dollar business. I'm not looking for, I hope this works out. I'm already tracking towards, I need another M. How can I make this into an M? What systems in place I need to make this into an M? So if I got to hire my girls who do, who do Instagram marketing to make my posts, that's what I'll do. And that's probably what I will do. But um, what was the question? It's about rental properties or like business. Right. Trends. So the thought that I had today was that people don't do real estate because it's so great. They do it because it's easy and understandable. People understand I buy the house, I rent it out. It, it, it's like, like, again, it falls under the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And housing is at a low level. It's in demand. It's like selling drugs almost. It's in demand. People need it. It's going to go up in value. But the real wealth comes in the creativity that comes with creating a Facebook and figuring out how to monetize that Facebook or creating an Amazon and figuring out how to monetize it. If you look at Forbes, it's not a bunch of landlords. The Forbes list is a bunch of business owners who happen to be landlords. So real estate isn't, in my opinion, where you make your money. It's where you put your money. You make a bunch of money in business and you've got to find somewhere to put it. And so if you aren't yet rich, you need to be in business. And I came to that conclusion because I'm like, man, we, for the first year, we ran our real estate rental portfolio. We made like 20 grand. 
I got I got like four grand out of that twenty grand. I kicked the other sixteen to our partner, and I was like four thousand dollars. I waited a whole year for four thousand dollars on a on a bad day. How much I do today? Today I did thirty one hundred. That's not a good day. It's been a really slow week, but that's just the day. That's not even the week. Mm. That's not even the check I'm gonna get tonight. The check I'm gonna get tonight, which is from last week's sales, you can't even touch it in real in real estate. And then all the liability, all the exposure, the taxes, right. the maintenance, the phone calls, the arguments with ghetto people. Like you that's why people say you get your the real estate, you have to do it. You gotta get into real estate so that you can cash flow out of your job. That's great. But after you cash flow out of your job, you're gonna realize you're gonna make most of your money in selling products. Brandon Turner said it. He was like, Yeah, I make most of my money selling books. Um, because it's unlimited. You can sell as many books as you want, but you can only rent as many doors as you have. So I can sell 500 products in a day, but I still only have one rental property or how many rental properties we have. Mm -hmm. And then what sucks about that real estate is, yeah, they paid me today or whatever day, but then I got to wait a whole other month to get paid. In business, I can get paid the next hour, the next minute, the next day, the next week. Business is so key and we don't really realize it until we start seeing it. I saw some girl today, she's like, I just made a million dollars in my business. And that's why business, I've always talked about it, that's how you close the wealth gap. You don't close the wealth gap not engaging in wealth-oriented activities. You don't close the wealth gap going to work for a job. You don't have wealthy people who are just like, I got a really good paying job and that's why I got wealthy. Yeah, there are exceptions, but they're likely professionals. They're likely doctors, lawyers, maybe engineers, maybe nurses, highly paid professionals. Professionals and entrepreneurs generate wealth. People who have lowly jobs, work in security, work in clerical work, doing that bullshit, they're not going to create wealth no matter, no matter how high you create the wealth, the, uh, the, the minimum wage. And so it's just a revelation that I've found through doing it. A lot of people, they're like, oh, um, real estate makes the most millionaires. Like, did you did, did you figure that out by doing it or did you just figure that out by saying it? Like, business is the proven track record of wealth. I've experienced it. And that's why I bought a vending machine route as opposed to buying that house. I was under contract to buy a house for $28,000. And I was like, I'm going to give you $28,000 and I'm going to make 800 bucks next month. And I'm going to have to deal with all this stress. Now, the only reason why I'm, I'm considering it is because it's like invisible money. It's money that I created that doesn't really, it's not like I saved it up. It's like I had an idea, I flipped the idea, and now I can make that idea permanent income. Or if it doesn't work out, I can sell the house. But while I'm in this phase, I want to get as much cash flow for my buck. Right. And so for me, I'm like, instead of taking that 30 grand there, I'm going to create three grand passive income and make sure my watches have to go back to work. And then next month, we'll do the same thing. Next month, we'll do the same thing. And then we'll figure out a way for us to settle into some real estate. And still trying to get in downtown LA, right? That's what I want to do. If I'm doing a deal, it has to be at that level. That's what I want to do. The banker. I'm going to change my name to the banker. <laughs> so, what was that guy's name in the banker? Um, I don't remember. The boss. I really don't remember right now but that's a good movie for those listening if you haven't seen it yet the banker from apple tv definitely a must watch must watch i liked it just because it's it was everything i wanted to do a black man bought a property in downtown LA. i've always wanted to do that inspiring good story educational and entertaining definitely one thing i liked about him is 
he didn't move to LA and get a job. He moved mm. to LA and focused on his business. And that's what Chris always says. It's like these jobs are holding us up, especially after you get skills. After you've learned how corporate America functions, then it's okay to leave corporate America. You you get it. You're not naive. You're not ignorant. You know how the time clock works. You know how reports work. You know how that stuff works. And so you got to get it under your belt so you can understand it. But at a certain point, it's like it starts to hold you back. And I realized it held me back because my business, like, I can't, I, I don't have the time to look for stocks. I literally have to set my portfolio and forget about it because I'm at work at that point in time. So, got to get the property yeah, Time commitment. It's everything, man. Yep. So you said, talking about well-producing activities, you said instead of consuming, I love to produce and the production amplify my income and my lifestyle. Flip your thinking on his head if you want to get ahead. Um, I was so amazed at how me taking, I, I keep using this $30,000 number. And I don't know why, but because I, I was looking at buying a house and I was like, or buying a car. And I was like, the car I want costs about 30 grand pre-owned. And I was like, I could pay 30 grand, but I, I would be out 30 grand. And so I was thinking, I was like, what if I just bought a whole bunch of rental cars? And so that's kind of why I'm on this rental car phase. And I was like, hmm, if I could bring in a thousand dollars a month per rental car, I could drive any car I want. I could literally take the $30,000 I was going to pay for a car cash, a car that's going to depreciate in value to zero. Right. And I could buy three cars, turn it into income. And now I got $3,000 a month to play with. I could buy a Bentley if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so I took $30,000 that might've bought me a pre-owned Lexus and I turned it into a Bentley. It amplified my income. And so that is how we have to start thinking. We have to start, and it's hard. Honestly, I was just laying down and I was thinking, I was like, this stuff isn't easy. Thinking about ways to flip your thinking on the head and create an asset as opposed to just deploying your cash is hard. It's not easy. The easy thing is to go down there and say, I got cash. I want to buy this. The hard thing is to create an asset. And that's why the wealthy people are the wealthy people. They're willing to do the hard stuff. They're willing to engage in the thought process and the thinking and the, and the uniqueness that comes with creating a business as opposed to just be doing the mindless thing, the dumb thing and going down there and signing on the line, taking out debt, financing a car, paying $45,000 for a $30,000 car that then after you pay it off, it's worth $2,000. Instead, I'm going to create a business and lease a Lamborghini and y'all going to see me rolling. And, uh-huh. and, like, this, and like the crazy part about it is I told somebody, somebody was like, man, like you're having so much success. I was like, honestly, a lot of people think they could just copy what I do, but it's the manifestation of a business degree, of a finance degree. Like my realm is business and finance. It's not like I went to school and got a degree in sociology. I got a degree in business finance, which... I'm just cashing out this way. A lot of people, they become an engineer and they cash out that way. They become a nurse, they cash out that way. My degree just took longer for me to manifest it, but a lot of that is because I was in law law school for for the most part. But if you see me doing this, it's like me going and saying, oh, I'm gonna get an engineer salary. I'm gonna get a nurse salary. It's like, no, like you gotta do the education. You gotta do the learning. You gotta go put the time and the effort and the energy. And if you aren't really willing to do that, you could just kiss it goodbye. A lot of people, they get degrees in the easy shit. A lot of people do. And then they're like, man, like I'm trying to do what Charles does. And they're mistaken because I was in the library studying when folks were turning up and now I get to benefit from all that sacrifice.
You know how we do. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah, man. And you said, I need a car where people ask me what I do for a living. So it's so funny how you listen to stuff and it becomes a part of you. Like the reason why I bought my watch is because I was reading the book uh, by 50 Cent and he was talking about how like a lot of times men could be determined by their watch and their car. Um, and he's like, even if you don't think it's right, people still value you and they kind of measure you by your watch and your car. And I was like, that's crazy. And at first I was like, I'm going to just wear my little regular watch. It doesn't matter. I'm frugal. And I was like, nah, I got to get it. So now I want to marriage and I kind of want to get it, but I'm going to just chill. Or maybe I'll put it on the credit card and then I'll just pay it off. But um, so I was listening to a podcast by Prince Donnell and he was talking about how like he pulled up in his car and somebody was like, man, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Blah, blah, blah. And it turned into a potential customer. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to drive a car that anybody can drive. I don't want to drive a car that somebody with a good job could drive. I want to drive a car that only bosses can drive. I want to drive a car where they see you and they're like, you must be an entrepreneur. You must be doing something right. Not like, yeah, I'm going to just give him a little average person car. Like, no, I want a boss car and I'm going to get a boss car. And so that's kind of where the thought process came and came from listening to that Damon Chanel and Prince Donnell podcast. And I was thinking, and I, and I went and I looked at his Instagram profile and I was like, what kind of car does this guy drive? And he drives a Maserati Ghibli. And I was like, I think I want the Maserati SUV. And so I was looking at that and I was like, this is kind of nice. And then I was also, um, when we were talking just now, I was like, I can get a Bentley. But I'm not going to get a Bentley. But I do want to get something nice. And it's not going to be some average person car. It's not going to be some anybody else can drive a car. I want to get a car that says I'm unfuckwithable. <laughs> so you just reminded me of a, a tweet you had. Um talking about cars. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Oh, I thought I had it, man. You were talking about something about how it's interesting in LA. The black man situation in LA is kind of interesting because some of you, some of you, some of the black men in LA are driving Porsche Gulant, like these expensive cars. And then some of them, they see so many on Skid Row. It's, it's interesting. Because, well, part of it, it's kind of worrisome to me because if I see like a young dude driving a Ferrari, I'm like, where'd you get the Ferrari money, man? Like you, you're obviously not that focused on your goals. Maybe he's driving somebody else's car, maybe whatever. And so that kind of worries me because it's not like they're being a boss owning stuff. And so I'm like, where's the money coming from? Are you an athlete? Um, where does somebody who's young and dressed like a rapper get Ferrari money? Where do you get it from? Because if you are young and you have Ferrari money and you buy a Ferrari, you might be foolish if you don't own anything because you might be spending all that you have trying to perpetuate an image that you got it. And you might have it for the moment, but you might not have it forever. And so a part of that kind of worries me, but sometimes I'll see like older, more established people. It's, it's amazing. Like this is one of the reasons why like people have to really look at the comments that they make on social media because a lot of us don't exist in the same environment. But I'm in downtown LA and almost all the time I see African-American men driving nice cars. We're driving the Bentley trucks. We're driving the Rolls Royce trucks. We're driving the Ferraris. We're driving the, the nice stuff. And so it's like, that's probably plays a part in me thinking I need to get something like that. Cause I see it. I'm like, it ain't going to stunt on me. I need to win. Um, 
But on the other hand, it's frustrating because, and this is part of the reason why I created the Blessed Black Man organization is because on, like, you, you, I, I went to lunch, I went to Shake Shack today and I was just walking back because I had, a, I got a shake. You can't ride the scooter if you have a shake. I tried. It didn't work out. And um, I was like on a corner and I saw like a, a black dude sitting in front of 7-Eleven just laid out. No shirt on, just laid out. Probably drugged up, probably just jacked up. And then I walked down another street and I looked in the aisle and I see like three public security guards and there's like a black dude like emptying his pockets and stuff. Like he was a drug dealer or something. And I was like, that's crazy. Because on one hand, you want to say that we can't do it. Like, oh, racism and systematic oppression are holding us down. But on the other hand, we're riding around in Rolls Royce Covenants. So which one is it? Are we oppressed or are we balling? I don't know. I choose the we balling mentality. It's just interesting to see how you have so the different dynamics. Because for the longest time, I never really saw those dynamics. Um, I just saw us... As I'm getting off the train, getting arrested, doing all different things, panhandling, asking for more money. But when you really look at it, it's like there's levels to this black man stuff. I was at Ralph's and it was me in there with the suit on. And then you got the security guards doing security guard stuff. And then I go outside and I see multiple homeless men. And I was like, it's just crazy, the dynamics of African-American men. And a lot of it is driven by your choices. It's driven by what you choose to do and what you choose to not do. So it's it's interesting to me because I want to invest into homeless people, but it's also it's like, bro, like, make a better choice. So I kind of adopted one homeless guy, and it's kind of dope. I always look out for him whenever I see him. And I give him more than, more than enough. Um, but it's like, I feel like I'm blessed. I want to make sure that somebody else, I feel like that is dope. Like, I'm not going to give... I'm not going to give money to everybody, but I want to impact a life so substantially that maybe I can change his life. Maybe I can get him to the point where he's off the streets. Um, so that was just, that's just one of my tactics that I'm trying to employ. Not giving around money to everybody. I used to do that, but now I just give it to one dude who was always consistent, who always has positive stuff to say, and that's just how I do it. So, I mean, it's a good principle, focusing your investments, you know. So... You were, to, you, were, you were saying something about, you know, seeing a young guy driving flashy cars and you're wondering where, where they get the money from. So you had a tweet said that said, the reason they told us to get educated early on wasn't so we could be 25 and live in our best lives. It was so we could be 50 and untouchable. <laughs> um, it's so funny because I feel like first and foremost, we feel like life and like 20 something and we don't realize like like life gets better as you age i'm like, like this is me at 33 where will i be at 45 if i own all this stuff at 33 what will i own at 45 and so um i just i just feel like I, first and foremost what i was doing is i was um employing a tactic by, by one of my mentors and he told me that you have to go back and find your solid tweets that hit and retweet them. And so that's what I did. I went and I did like a Twitter search on my uh, my profile that was banned, <laughs> the Todd Millionaire Company thing. And so I found that tweet and it got a lot of likes. And I was like, let me tweet this again and see what happens. And it, it did what it did the first time I did it. It hit. Um, the same thing, I did the same thing with that $10,000 tweet. Like the $10,000 tweet, that was an old tweet that I recycled. Ah, um, I thought it looked kind of weird. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, dang, I forgot what I was where I was going. What was that tweet again? Reason they told us to get educated early was it so right twenty five. So I, I just saw so many of us that like got these good jobs and we're just out wasting money. And it hasn't been so much more apparent until we hit COVID and they couldn't spend money. Everything was closed, and now everybody's focused on investing and saving and getting their money right. I've seen people tweet. Somebody tweeted this. She said. 
I've never been able to have money to invest into the stock market, but I'm so happy that I can do it now. But this girl used to be traveling like a mug. Like she was all, and she, she works for me now. So hopefully mm-hmm. she didn't take a piss. But it's just funny because when you delete all the, the unnecessary ignorant things that we were doing, now we have money. And so, and so I used to always tell people this. I would tell people like, bro, like if you would just stop spending money on dumb stuff, you would have money to invest. No, no, we oppressed. And then you get put into a position where you can't spend money on dumb stuff and all of a sudden you have money. And so it's just funny how that how that played out. Um, I just, I, I feel like we got a plan further than our the end of our nose. And so many people, they're just like, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? And a big part of the reason why I'm able to do what I'm doing now is because I was always been somebody who's delayed gratification. I've always been somebody who was like, no, I'm not spending money on dumb stuff. I'm not doing the ignorant stuff. I need to make sure that I have cash. And it played out in my favor. <clears throat> so you you were talking a little while ago about choosing degrees, you know, with like marketable skills, uh, strong degrees. You had a tweet said, I was in the office last night, like I had three strong degrees and I've been studying and obsessing over business and finance for over 10 years. A mill is a foregone conclusion. So I was thinking about that. I was like, I'm supposed to be here. Everything I'm supposed, everything that I have, I'm supposed to have. Um, so to other people, it might be a shocker. To me, it's not a shocker. Um, so I had to kind of come to that revelation because I was like, man, like we did it and we're only going to continue to do it. And I knew I was going to do it. Like everything that, like when I call myself Todd Millionaire before I became a millionaire, it's because I had set everything up. I was doing all the work. And so I saw it. They didn't see it. And they're like, I guess people thought that I was like already worth a million. And so they're like, he's not worth a million. He can't pay Doe Dubes a hundred dollars. And so like Doe Dubes, he has the ability to like create a thread and his threads get a lot of people who like to follow his threads. And so it turned into this big slander Charles fest, but they didn't realize they were just motivating me. All they were doing was telling me like, okay, like get on it, bro. And so like, I kind of got a chip on my shoulder and I felt like every day I had to get up and prove it even more. So every, and I, I tweeted something, I talked about something that there's no such thing as an L. Um, I had a situation where I was playing, paying those dudes. I didn't have really a situation. I didn't really have like a system for how I was paying him. I was just paying him per episode. He was only charging like 25 bucks per episode. And I think I owed him for like four episodes. And I didn't really have a lot of revenue coming into the organization at that time. It was just me paying it out of my pocket. Like I got a hundred bucks and we paid to produce this podcast. It didn't have any ads on it. Didn't have anything that was generating revenue. I was just in the beginning phases of my business. And me being put on blast for not paying that bill made me to the person that I am now. And the people that I pay now, it's, I can't even count. Like I lost track. I pay admins. I pay Sheridan. I pay the the Notre Dame girl. I pay Rashana. I pay Donald the Voice. I pay the Trend Influx girls. I pay my CPA. I have a long list of people that I pay and I'm great at paying them because I made the mistake of not paying somebody else. And so what I tell people is that like, when you're trying to do the right stuff, which is have employees, have people on payroll, you're gonna make mistakes in the beginning. The problem is that as an African-American community, we tend to kind of like cancel people who make mistakes as opposed to saying, maybe they're just trying to get it right. 
maybe they're just doing the right stuff. So I was doing the right stuff in that I was building out a business. I was being a boss. I was figuring out the way to hire people. And so in the beginning of that, especially when you don't have a track record of people showing you how to do it, you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be uncomfortable. I said, sometimes you got to get drugged before you get to your destiny. But fuck them and fuck all of that. As long as you are going towards your destiny, it doesn't matter. If you lost them, you lost them for a reason. Like, they don't need to be around. They probably weren't, They probably didn't really rock with you anyway. They're probably just with, with you until so, to get what they can get out of you. And that's what you're going to realize when you are somebody who is of value and is striving towards something. People are going to gravitate towards you just so they can take what they can get from you. And so if they leave over a hundred bucks, they probably should have been gone. Yeah, like you said, you had a tweet. You said, you're going to make mistakes moving forward. Some people will see you make mistakes and point and laugh. No, they don't, they don't get it. hundred percent. I feel like, and this is why, like, I feel like entrepreneurs understand entrepreneurs. There is a situation where, like, like whenever people get mad at Chris, they always say, look at the ridge market, look at the ridge market. And so like, apparently like there was somebody who like had bought a court, who, who had bought a product from Chris through the ridge market. And um, it was very detailed. <clears throat> like Chris was over delivering all value. And so he was like giving people the product, giving them logos, doing all these different things. And somebody was upset and they were calling to get a scam because they weren't able to get on their phone call with them. And I was like, bro, we are out here creating product to scale. I can't respond to every DM that I get. I can't respond to every email that I, that I get. I can't respond to every phone call. I just can't. Not because I'm scamming you, because I'm one person. <laughs> I'm one person and I have 250, maybe more people asking me questions at all times. If you look at my DMs, it's just full of people asking me questions. I don't have the time. and I, sometimes, I just don't want to sometimes. And so did he provide the product? Yes. Did he give him the brand? Yes. Is that a scam? No. I feel like we just want to attack what we can't have. And it's frustrating because that's just the culture that we live in. And so there's people that get it and there's people that don't get it. And I feel like you've got to spend your time around the people that get it. Like for me, it's like I'll never downplay an idea because I know what it's like to have ideas downplayed versus somebody who like you bring them something and they're just like, that can't work because of this. Why you blah, 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 blah. And they just have all this negative stuff to say about it. I'll never be that person, but they will because they never launched anything. If they launch something, they know what it feels like. If you've been in business, you know what it's like to have more volume than you, than you can handle to the point where you even, even hire people to outsource and you still can't handle it. That doesn't make you a scam. That makes you somebody like a scam is, and this is another thing, like a lot of times, like people will call it a scam if you don't understand the law. So like, oh, Jay Morrison, he violated the SEC section, blah, 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 because he advertised this way. And I'm like, bro, like it's a scam if you know the law and you skirt the law on purpose. It's not a scam if you don't know the law. You have to have both criminal intent and criminal actions. It's mens rea and the actus reus. Mens rea means you have to have the mentality of actually scamming somebody. But if you just made a mistake or it was an oversight or it was too much volume for you to handle that time, that's not a criminal mind. And this is why Jay Morrison was saying, like, when you guys use the word scam, you are, you are accusing him of a crime. You are saying he created this with fraudulent intent. Not that he made a mistake. Not that he might have um, not been able to perform to the point that he wanted to perform. Like you're saying, he did, he did this to rob somebody of their $500. Why would somebody do that? And it's so frustrating because as a culture, we do it to ourselves all the time. I was thinking about this. I was like, man, like, 
because I had a client today. I was like, I'm pretty sure she's from like like South South LA, and South LA is a very dangerous place. Like people don't want to live there, and it's because of the gangs. It's not because of the police. It's not because of white racist white supremacy. If anything, folks are moving to the racist areas to get away from the ghetto because they will shoot you for stepping on their pumas, not because they dislike you. And so I just say all this to say that like. In a lot of ways, we are our own worst enemy. In a lot of ways, we slander and drag down our own. In a lot of ways, we're some haters. Because even if you are doing good, people are like, I just don't like the fact that he's doing good. I don't like the fact that he has the ability to hire other people. That makes me mad. And so I'm just at a point in life where I can't focus on a, a lot of other people, man. I can't focus on them. I got to focus on what I'm building. And that's just where we are. Right. And you said, in the end, folks will give you your props. Even if they don't give you your props, they see it. Um, there are certain people that listen to this podcast that weren't always the biggest fans of Charles Oglesby III. And a lot of people will let them let that stop them. I feel like I deserve an award for staying true to myself, even when people criticized and demonized me for being myself. Um, I didn't, I, I kind of experienced it in college or in high school. I kind of experienced it in college. And I've realized like people, they recognize dope shit. And if they don't recognize dope shit, at least you did some dope shit. They don't got to recognize it. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 inside money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Like, there's people who hate on me and who will say crazy shit about me. There's a whole other side who sings my praises. And it's going to be very difficult to get to the people that sing your praises if you're over here trying to prove people wrong, or if you're trying to win over people who don't want to like you anyway. And so, like, when I was growing up, like, my mom always told me, like, there's going to be people who just don't like you. Like, you come from this, you exist in this, blah, 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 blah. So they're not going to like you. And so if you waste your time trying to get them to like you, you're going to miss out on what you're called for. And so I'd rather aim for what I'm called for and have people who are just like, Charles is this, Charles is that, than not. Like, even, even like, my political views. People look at my political views and, like, he's crazy, he's out of touch. But I'm like, look at what we manifested out of these last four years. Like, I told you this was going to happen. Like, you just didn't get on the train. You didn't want to get on the train. And what's really frustrating is I'm a very informed and well-read individual. Like, I was I was riding on the on the scooter from here, and I was like, I don't want to listen to some music. I want to listen to a podcast. And so to Long Beach and back, I listen to podcasts after podcasts. Like, I don't engage in nonsense. So I always tell people, like, if you are disagreeing with me, you're disagreeing with somebody who is an informed individual. I'm very, very knowledgeable outside of just book knowledge. Like, I'm smart. And if you disagree with me, it might make sense for you to check yourself because you might be wrong. And that's not even arrogant. That's just stating the facts. Like that's not even me being arrogant. That's just like, bro, like I got degree after degree after degree. I've accomplishment after accomplishment after accomplishment. I didn't just start doing this. I started doing this for myself recently. I was out there running the frat. I was out there in high school doing stuff. Like I've always been a boss. I've always been a beast. I've always been a hustler. You said one thing about successful people is they assume that nobody can do what they do better than they do. I had this thought today and I was like, man, there are people who trade options and they're doing way better than I could have done it. And I, I was realizing like, 
a lot of people think that their knowledge is the end all. They're like, I traded options, I made 20 grand. And I feel like that is foolish. Um, I just don't like that mentality because I feel like a lot of our gurus, they have that thought process. They start thinking like, I am successful, therefore there can be nobody who's as successful or more successful than me. And the problem with that thought process is you don't allow other people up. You just kind of like make yourself the end all be all. And so they don't teach courses. They don't put out game. They don't help people. They're just like, look at me making money. I'm making money. But they aren't teaching you how they do it. And it's frustrating because those are the same people that will be speaking out on other people who are teaching people how to do it. I'm like, how are you who isn't who aren't teaching the community also supposed to be pro-black, but you're criticizing somebody who's actually teaching because you feel like you just got the juice. And so that's kind of what I was putting out there. I don't think you probably took that from that. But I just look at like the people who are like the quote gurus and they think they just, they can't be touched. Like I'm the pinnacle of all things. And I used to think that I was the pinnacle of all certain things. I started seeing people who were like out doing what I was doing with the teaching that I was giving them. And I'm actually happy for them. I'm like, that's dope. I just want us to win. I'm getting mine, you getting yours, we all happy. So that was kind of the premise of that tweet. Hey, hey. You said, these days we aren't thinking I need a raise. We are thinking I need a business. Yep. Um, it's a great thing to see. I'm happy to see it. Um, but folks aren't really buying into this whole, like, work a job forever type stuff. Um, I'm not sure where I got that thought from, but I think it was from a consulting call. Um, on the consulting call, basically, we went over that. And he was like, man, I'm looking for looking to create these streams of income. And I had, like, another consulting call. And she was like, I'm looking to buy a vending machine. Another consulting call. And like, I'm looking to do this, this, and this. And I was like, it's just dope because looking for a raise is a waste. Um, I can create my own raise. And people are starting to do that, too. And to get that raise is, like you said, help people. The more people you help, the more money you make. 100%. That is the, that is the solution. That is the solution. So, quick question for you. Any movement at all on the mobile barbershop? So, I had a conversation with him, like, two weeks ago. He likes to talk on the phone because he likes to bullshit people. Um, so, he's like, man, just call me. Just call me. It's like, it's, it's like if he wants me to call him, it's going to be some bullshit. So, two weeks ago, I actually sent him a text. And I was like, bro, like, trying to figure out how to get this machine back without me having to go through and uh, repossess it. And he was like, call me. So I called him and we talked. And he basically said, like, all these problems were going on with it. Apparently, like, somebody put, like, regular gas inside of the tank when uh, it doesn't take regular gas. And um, he had it at somebody's shop. And so apparently it's taking longer than he expects. And so I told him, I was like, just leave it there. I'll pick it up and I'll deal with the issue. I'd rather have our asset back and deal with the issue on my terms with our resources than wait for you to do it out of the goodness of your heart. Because it's not really the goodness, goodness of his heart. And so like it took him like a week to get back to me. And the week was like nonsense. Like nothing really moved. He was like, all right, so it should be done on this date. And I'll shoot just like shoot me the address to where to drop it off. And I'll drop it off and I'll clean it out. So I haven't gotten a chance to, to send him that address yet because I have so many other things on my plate, mm-hmm. but we should be able to get it taken care of soon. It was too many documents to, to get the, to re, do the repo. I would have done it and I still can, but it was just, it required way too much work. Mm. So, crabs are less frustrating when you stop expecting them to not be crabs. I feel like the frustrating thing about like people 
is us expecting them not to be haters. It's like we expect people to not do what they've historically shown that they're going to do. And then when they do it, we're like, dang, they did it again. (laughs) And so I just feel like once you start approaching it that way, you're less disappointed and you're also less willing to get caught with your pants down. Um, So it's like, for me, I always kind of like, even the people that I deal with on Twitter now, I'm like, they might not be here for long. They might find something they dislike about me and they might start hating on me too. Who knows? And so I've just realized like you have to manage your expectations. You got to manage just what you, what you, what the relationships that you get into, you can't really think that they aren't what they are. And you won't be you won't be a disappointed if if somebody if you expect somebody to be a dick and they be, they turn to be a dick you're like oh okay but if you expect them to not be a dick and they turn to be a dick you kind of get get upset upset and I'm, I'm past that point now I only have faith in me it's like Larry June says it's like I don't need people I got me I got me man uh, well then we can start wrapping it up listeners be sure to check out the relatively new course from uh, Charles and Tom Capital, how to build a six-figure or seven-figure digital business. Of course, the ever-popular stock options trading course. By the time this, uh, when this episode is released, it should be July 4th weekend. There might be a sale going on, so be sure to go to toddcapital.co and get you some money-making courses that you can get started over the 4th of July weekend. For sure, shout out to the sponsors of the show, investasateam.com. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow me, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Todd Billion. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Also at Todd.Capital. And also at Bless a Black Man. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Any, any other thing, anything else you want to say, Charles, before we go? Nope. I'm just hungry. <laughs> All right, for episode 51, Raphael and Charles, Tweet Talk episode 51, we are out. Peace. If you've reached the end of the show, thanks so much for listening. We value your time, and that's why we want to give you the best-sounding, best-produced quality of content we possibly can. And this podcast you've been listening to has been edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Donald The Voice. I'm a 10-year voiceover artist, narrator, and production specialist that wants to see only the best life-giving, equipping, and long-lasting content be produced to help others. So if you have commercial, video editing, or other production needs, I'd love to talk with you. That's right. Visit DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page to talk about how we can work together to bring your content to life. Okay, so you're not an email person. Well, you can also contact me on Instagram at DonaldTheVoice or on Facebook.com forward slash Donald.TheVoice. I'm looking forward to talking to you.